0: Today's episode The Chase Report is brought to you by Gina Reinhardt School of Climate Anxiety Meditation, mindfully mining out the horrible deaths of future generations.
1: Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is the Chase of Report.
2: Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report for Thursday, the 7th of October, 2021. I'm Dom Knight. Hello, Charles Firth. Hello, Gabby Bolt.
3: Hello, hello. And it's exciting. I mean, look, uh, apart from my you know imminent fear of what's going to happen with the new premier and I don't trust anybody in the government, but things are opening up.
2: Yeah, I just went to look at Hamilton because I am kind of want to see it again before Melbourne steals it from Sydney. Mm. And guess what? You can book any night you want from the 19th if you're brave enough to go to the theatre the moment that they <laughs> reopen you can see Hamilton.
3: And I, I got to sell tickets to an actual show where I will play an actual piano in a real venue and see real people.
2: You've uncancelled so, your show, Gabby.
3: I've uncancelled my show. I'll be playing in the terminal at the Factory Theatre on the sixteenth to the eighteenth of December. So it's Christmassy. I'll play a little Christmas tune. Subtle. As well, very subtle. Probably. And it,
2: it, I'm it's called I I Hope My Piano Doesn't Break. Is that
3: I hope my keyboard My Keyboard doesn't break. Doesn't break yeah, no, piano purists would be pissed at me if I called my keyboard a Piano no, I think it's again.
2: pronounced piano.
3: Piano, Oh, righto. Yeah, righto. Mozart, sorry. Shipping
2: container, that. keyboard. That's That sounds fantastic. Oh, there you go. Go book that. And while you're online booking oh, tickets to no. Hamilton
4: and Gabby Bolt, you could also buy tickets to the war on 2021, which Yay! is also uncancelled itself as of today. We
3: did it! Yay! We have an income again! Yay!
2: You may suffer lockdowns again. But Charles, you've been doing that war on year thing so long that probably a small proportion of the audience didn't even know that you stole it from the Chaser TV show. <laughs> right.
4: Oh, well, Craig <laughs> – no, I always say Craig stole it first. So, you know.
2: Actually, that's true.
4: Because he had War and Waste and then I just well, thought – well, if, if you're, he's allowed to say war, I'm allowed to say war too.
2: Why so, don't I just do a solo show called War on the Chaser about how I hate you all? <laughs> actually, that's happening. I'm booking it. I'll jump it. on that. I'm yeah. booking it.
3: But you know what's interesting? Because, like, I've never had a comedy career before, so I'm just excited to get to see if I'm actually any good at but it. This is
2: your debut.
3: Yeah, it's my debut solo show. But it did get me thinking to, like – like Pre COVID times, and I now I've become so much of a wanker now working in comedy that I too often forget that I've got some war stories from my pub gig. Oh, uh, yeah! Like the other day, I was thinking about the time I played this gig in Mudgy, and if anybody listening is from Mudgy, just know. I will always hold your town in the highest regard of all of the regional centers because I played this gig in this pub that looked like it would murder me if I walked in. It was mm. kind of like that scene in Priscilla where they walk into the bar and wow. it's just, it looks like a whole sea of uninviting faces and then they kind of win the crowd over. So I was playing and playing and playing, and then a whole team of footballers walked in. I was a bit worried because all of a sudden this pub was swimming with not only footballers but football fans. And I just thought, I'm here with my piano, like this isn't going to go well. They're- they're going to want K-San, they're going to want horses, and they're just going <laughs> to want those two songs on a loop. I was worried, I was worried, and I'd played my K-San, and I'd played Cold Chisel and whatever else. And then the burliest footballer comes up to me, with a little sloppily with like six schooners under his belt, and he like talks to me and I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God. And he goes, oi, I've got a request. And I go, yeah, wh- what is it? And he goes, Ed Sheeran, Perfect. Me missus and I love that song. And all the boys, we all sing it before the games. And I just went, "Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I can play. Per- yeah, sure. And then he said, while you're at it, any other Ed Sheeran songs, just keep them coming. Just keep Ed Sheeran, all the ballads. I love the ballads. And I was like, what is going on? I am in the most country pub, in the most country town, and everyone is just going Daryl, the ballads. (laughs) ballads. The next thing that came up, somebody was like, oh, you're taking requests now. Do you know how to play Shaka Khan? (laughs) I was like, what? This is like my dream gig. I don't understand what's going on in Mudgy, but I'll tell you this, they've got taste.
2: I'm very glad that um, this is going to happen again. People in country pubs are going to sing along to covers of the same songs over and over again. (laughs) It does mean that there'll be more instances of Daryl Braithwaite's The Horses, but I'm willing to put up with that to get back to normal life. Coming up in today's episode, Sammy Shah is going to take a look at the Victorian outbreak. That'll be cheery.
3: And Alexa is delving into the Pandora Papers, which sounds like a children's book, but I assure you it's not.
2: The good news is it's going to help us make more money for the Chaser. That's all coming up right after. Rebecca DeNamuno in the Chaser newsroom in a moment. This
3: is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you them.
1: Defence Minister Peter Dutton today shocked courts during a defamation hearing where he said he was deeply offended. The revelation that a minister could have emotions while overseeing the military and previously a harsh immigration program has shocked both the public and scientific community. A CSIRO representative said this is a big breakthrough in the evolution of root vegetables. Queensland has declared every one of its citizens Australian of the Year for 2022 after the state managed to beat another COVID outbreak. In the presentation, Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk said, I can think of nothing more worthy of Australian of the Year than everyone who stayed home and did fuck all when asked. Save Australia protests have erupted in New York. The protesters were horrified to hear that Prime Minister Scout Morrison might turn down a holiday and not travel overseas. One event organiser said their Prime Minister must have truly gone mad. Not even post-Alzheimer's Reagan would have done something so out of character. That's the latest from the Chaser's quickly depleting wine cellar. I'm (gasps) Rebecca Deunamu. (laughs) Ha ha, that sounds like a cow.
2: Earlier in the podcast, Gabby and Charles, we were congratulating ourselves on being from New South Wales and being about to reopen. But turns out, did you know this? Part of the country is not in the same position that we are. Uh, I don't think so.
5: Victoria
2: still has high numbers. I know, oh, really? so I think we'd better yeah. talk about it. Sammy Shah is here once again. Hey, Sammy.
5: Hey. <laughs> you guys must be so excited. You got you got so much to look forward to. You can now leave yes. your house soon and go to Gladys' ex-office and leave flowers outside it like it's a fucking memorial. You goddamn crazy assholes. What the <laughs> hell is wrong with Sammy? Sydney. How uh, dare no, you? Are. Sammy, You should Sammy. stay locked no. down in solidarity no. with us at the very fucking Sa- Sammy,
4: Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. You completely misinterpreted what happened with Gladys last week. Like, if you watched the news or the mainstream media, you would have thought, oh, Gladys, oh, she was so good to us, you know. But nobody, I think, in the entire state of New South Wales, outside of a sort of small set of journalists who live around Macquarie Street, mm-hmm. actually thought that she was any good at all. It was the same thing as, you know, when Peter Van Onselen said, oh, you know, but Christian Porter, like, he's a friend of mine, so it's really hard to, you know, he may have done (sighs) something terrible. The way
5: way she was being eulogised, I literally thought that she died in a car crash with her Egyptian lover, Dodi (laughs) (laughs) Al-Fayed.
2: She lost her job in a car crash caused by her ex-boyfriend, admittedly. I'll
5: tell you who did think about that. It's all of Victoria, who's still in lockdown because Gladys fucking, if no one remembers gave us covid (laughs) and now we are over a thousand something cases which by the way i also want to point out i love melbourne you know i love melbourne everyone knows i love melbourne but melbourne needs to get over footy footy Mm. is for fucking losers all right Mm. it is a stupid sport where men in shorts chase a ball that isn't even round you couldn't get the shape of the goddamn ball right and because of footy we have now over 1500 cases like every day, because all these fucking footy lovers were dry humping each other when the doggies or whoever lost to the demons or whoever the fuck they are.
2: It is quite amazing. After we like, given that we've actually shown you can vaccinate your way out of this, Melbourne has screwed it a bit, haven't they? Well, like-
5: okay, hang on. So we have, as of today, more people got vaccinated in Melbourne yesterday than the entire rest of the country combined. So Melburnians, despite the fact that we have a massive cohort of anti-vaxxers. Which anyone who lives in Brunswick could have told you has will always be a problem. <laughs> you know, we are still out there. We're getting vaxxed. we're getting jabbed. We're doing everything we can. Well, that's, that, that, that's got to stop. It's got to stop, Sammy. Pfizer.
4: Like the, uh, I thought, the whole thing that Scott Morrison did was divert all the vaccines away from Melbourne so that it would look like a bit of a disaster and Dictator Dan would look bad. I mean, that was the one thing that I approved of that Scott
5: Morrison did, diverting (laughs) all the vaccines up to New South Wales. It was the closest that Scott Morrison has ever shown to a strategy as opposed to somehow (laughs) falling on his face in a pie pie made of shit and somehow standing up and going, I'm still better than Albanese and all of Australia going, yeah, he makes a good point.
2: (laughs) Hey, Sammy, do you want to just just drive to the border of New South Wales and I'll give you some Pfizer. You know what? I've just got some here. I've got some here I can't use.
5: I'll take Pfizer. I'll take Astra. I'll take Johnson & Johnson at this point. I don't even <laughs> care. I don't even remember what life was like pre-lockdown. I don't even want life back mm. to normal anymore because now I've been institutionalized. I am Morgan Freeman in mm. Shawshank Redemption. I didn't get too busy living and now I'm just too busy dying. Like this is just what it is.
4: Sammy, I think you've taken that metaphor way too far. That hole that you've drilled <laughs> In the wall behind you.
5: Charles, that's a glory hole. I use my neighbors for sexual gratification. Don't worry about it. Don't look too closely. I watched Squid Game, all of it, Me last too. night. All of it? in no, on one night. Oh, Nine no! episodes. One day. I watched it all in one day with my roommates. Do you know what happened? Gabby, you know what happens then to your brain when it's been subjected to South Korean dystopian like, <laughs> like anti capitalist fiction? I love it. I am literally now just looking for cookies to lick and and people to throw off a bridge. Like you know here's the
2: test, Sammy. Here's the test. Right? If I could offer you today mm-hmm. the chance to leave Melbourne lockdown after the world's longest lockdown stat, yes. and sign up for Squid Game, would you be in?
5: Oh, <laughs> I, I would have signed up for Squid Game way earlier. You didn't need to add in the <laughs> Melbourne lockdown. Daddy's got debts that he needs to pay. You don't get you don't get married in Thailand and then have that marriage and three months later without having to pay off an $80,000 wedding debt, all right? I would Squid Game the shit out of this. Do you
3: know what's funny about shows like Squid Game and movies where it's mm-hmm. like this dystopian nightmare and you all have to kill each other to win or like, you know, there's zombies murdering? All it does for me, I feel like it has the opposite effect on me. I empathize to the point where I'm like, right, if I were in this competition, what would happen? And most people would be like, I would grab this weapon and I would do, th- yeah. not me, my fight or flight doesn't exist. It's just flight. I would run in front of the red light, <laughs> green light thing and I'd be like, kill me, kill me now.
5: I was just jealous because they at least had plans of what to do every day. Like they, mm. there was a system in place. They knew every single day when they woke up in the morning what they'd be doing later. I don't even have that, right? It's just great lockdown day after grey lockdown day. Melbourne is now nothing. Do you think
4: maybe the Victorian government should introduce a squid game? Mm. thing
2: just to liven
5: well, things up
2: I think the anti-vaxxers have been taking it into their own hands actually
5: the lives that people are living in Melbourne right now are so constrained right everyone's life is basically living room to bedroom bedroom back to living room back to bedroom back to living room any amount of money is life changing for us right now because it's going down to Woolies is a life changing experience for which I will now <laughs> have to meditate to come to terms with everything I saw and felt for the next two days don't, don't worry about li- give me a dollar and that's a life changing <laughs> amount of money. I'm telling you, we're at our wits end. And if I I see fucking Sydney Siders on Instagram posting comedy club videos and hanging out and and getting drunk in bars and shit, I am invading. It's going to be a single-handed invasion, but it's coming.
3: Sammy, I can't wait for your book deal, Eat, Pray, $10 Chook, (laughs) honestly. I mean, we are
2: technically under the same... Lockdown rules as you right now. Like it hasn't started yet. We've we've hit seventy
5: percent yesterday, so mm-hmm. we've earned it. Earned? Have um, you earned it? Someone paid the price of you earning it. I, the bill wasn't paid paid by you.
3: We've earned it the same way a white man has earned stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
5: by standing on, right. the, on my dead. goddamn shoulders. Yeah,
3: you
2: just chose the wrong city, Sammy. I mean, you chose the city that doesn't picnic its way through a lockdown. That is
5: true. This is entirely my fault. I'm going back to Northam in WA. That is apparently where I. That's where I belong. It turns out. I. I chose was very poorly.
2: It's true. You wouldn't have had any lockdowns in if you'd sta- just stayed in northern, and mm-hmm. your ordinary life would have basically been Do a lockdown.
5: Do you know how embarrassing it is to look at WA with envy? Like, <laughs> no one in WA even knows what that expression is when it's directed at them. They think mm. you're leering at them in like a creepy way, but it's not. You know, you're just looking at them enviously. They don't know how to read that expression. It's like an ancient culture of seeing a television for the first time. They don't know what it is. You know what the prime... The, the, the premier, I was going to say the prime minister, but uh, that's wishful thinking. The premier, Daniel Andrews, has said that even though October 26th is when we are slated to reopen, and he said that might be subject to change now because of all these people who were at footy games, holding each other while watching a stupid game on television. And, oh and so now we might end up having to stay in lockdown even longer.
2: I, I, got, I got nothing to say. That is incredibly depressing. Just
5: wrap up Melbourne.
2: My heart. Breaks for you, Sammy. It breaks for Melbourne, and I can't possibly enjoy life while you're suffering like this. Because I just, I feel it with you. Hey, Gabby and Charles, want to go to the park and have beer? I was going to yeah, say,
3: yeah. is that a mimosa or whole
2: thing? <laughs> I'm thinking, when I go to
4: the beach on Monday, mm-hmm. I will make sure that I look very sad for
5: you in all the Instagram pics that I. Check. I will Why be watching we, closely. Oh, yeah. I will be watching. I might be sending you abuse. <laughs> but yeah.
2: We'll go to the beach. All the interns and us will go to the yes. beach and we'll we'll spell out. We'll curve our bodies. Yes.
0: Today's episode of the Chase Report is brought to you by Gina Reinhardt's School of Climate Anxiety Meditation. Because nothing calms like the sound of billions of dollars in government subsidies flowing in.
2: Now we need to make a bit of extra money here at the Chaser. It's not an unusual situation for us. Fortunately, though, the Pandora papers have just leaked. They're terabytes of data on where incredibly rich people and companies and even countries stash their money. Alexa has been combing through the documents. Alex, what have you got for us? Can you save us from our financial ruin?
0: Definitely. There is some amazing stuff in here. This is a super lucrative place to be. There's about $11.3 trillion held offshore, which is money that could be used to recover from COVID. But luckily for us, it can also just be hoarded by by rich people like us at The Chaser.
3: Amazing.
0: So, I mean, it's the, it's the same as all the other leaks that have come out over the past 10 years. Essentially... If you've got money, none of the rules apply to you. So you can access this secret world of accountants that can move your money offshore.
2: Fantastic. Yeah. I've always just suspected that rich people had this secret, amazing world where they didn't have to have any consequences or pay any taxes and could just live a life of wealth and luxury. But I just want to know how I can join.
0: Well, I mean, I guess you guys know how the Chaser podcast is just like an elaborate ploy to steal credit card details from our listeners. and Yeah, subscribers, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Openly, well, yeah. If we use this system that's elaborated in the Pandora Papers, we can steal that money from our listeners mm-hmm. and then we can funnel it through a bunch of shady offshore companies and then spend it legally in Australia.
3: Amazing. Yeah, sounds completely legitimate to me. And
0: there are barely any downsides. It's completely safe. Like, I think for me, the, the, the coolest part is that there's so many world leaders doing it. So, like, if they want to take us down, they're going to have to take down all those big guys too, right? You've yeah. got, like, yeah. UK politicians, King of Jordan, President of Azerbaijan... You know, we can hide behind them.
2: When you've got you know. the president of Azerbaijan on your side, you know you're going to... Yeah, th- you're <laughs> on the right
0: side. Yeah, it's like, it's it's impossible to regulate. All the previous leaks came out and nothing's happened so far. You know, they just mm. keep reshuffling the money and more leaks come out and they reshuffle it again. And
3: I feel like rich, exclusive people live their life the way that I make my Sims live their life on Sims 3, where it's just like, if anybody <laughs> runs out of money, I just type in motherload in the cheat section and nobody, like nothing happens. It's just, they just get really rich and no one in the neighborhood ever questions anything. I would love to live my life like that. Can you go That's, into
2: our bank account and just try typing motherload? mother-load. <laughs> Maybe I don't
3: know, unlock some sort of- motherload. you have injected $1 billion into an offshore bank. But this somehow seems right to me, not morally, of course, but
2: looking at the way that rich people live, it just seems so other, like they're clearly not paying- you know, 30 cent, even 30% tax. It's kind of kind of reassuring to know that your worst cynicism is completely justified <laughs> about how abhorrent these people are and what they do.
0: And it's, it's, not just, it's not just your classic rich people politicians. You've got all the big superstars out there. So this one, in this leak, we've got Elton John, Ringo Starr, Shakira. Um, actually, it shouldn't be too surprising with Ringo Starr's tax avoidance because, I mean, if you've ever listened to a Beatles song, it should be pretty clear their stance on tax. <laughs> yeah. Because
5: I'm the tax man.
0: The funny shit. story about that
2: um, is that, you know how it's got like one for you, 19 for me? Yeah. I always <laughs> thought that was like ridiculous. But the top marginal rate in the UK at the time was actually 95%. Poor
0: Beatles. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this <is what> I-
3: <laughs> poor <laughs> Beatles, like, poor the Queen. <laughs> <yeah>.
0: <laughs> that greedy NHS. <laughs> that of it, was a, it was a Labor government. But like there, there are, to be fair, there are a couple of downsides to laundering your money. Um, One of them is that we'll be saving a lot of money. We'll be making stupid amounts of money Mm. illegally and we need to come up with ways to spend it. So you've got this Mm. guy, Graham Briggs. He's an Aussie accountant, founder of Asia City. That's one of the companies that does this money laundering. And here's what he does with his money.
3: Graham Briggs amassed a $62 million fortune that includes more than $10 million in real estate, a $4 million rare pen collection and four hundred thousand dollars
1: worth of four million dollar
3: rare pen collection? Who even uses pens? I don't yes. even care about the wine or the real <laughs> estate. I want to know what four million dollars of pens looks
0: like. It's insane. I Googled them. I mean <laughs> I implore our listeners to Google what luxury pens oh. look like. They're insane. <laughs> I mean I,
2: I, I'm absolutely filled with revulsion,
3: but also that's <laughs> hilarious. Pick pen. a better collectible. Surely there's a better thing to collect. Than pens, or like something weirder, like baby doll heads or something. Yeah, it's syringes of dead
2: celebrity junkies. I don't know.
3: How vanilla, anyway. No,
0: I think when you got this kind of money, you don't have to care what anyone thinks, and you can just follow your heart. That's true. Buy every pen in the world. <laughs> um, uh, another downside is that I guess you you feel like a bit of a weasel, like not ah. just because you're skulking around and like stealing money, but also because a lot of these tax havens are in tropical paradises, and everyone there is fitter and healthier than you, <laughs> and it's just it's 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 feels gross to be there. I mean, here's what the Samoans had to say about um, Graham Briggs.
3: Uh, he seems very personable. Um, he's not very tall. Uh, short, curly-haired, grey... <laughs> yeah, it,
0: it, it's not great for your self-esteem to, to be spending so much time in Samoa of course
3: know. he's a short man though
0: I don't think he, I think just Samoans are just bigger than him ah
3: <laughs> no not in my head in my head now he's four foot tall <laughs>
2: it's not uh, it's not your height Gabby it's how big your rare pen collection is.
0: <laughs> at the end of the day there aren't there aren't really that many downsides so even if like tragedy hits right a whole thing gets exposed and we go mm-hmm. to prison mm. it's it's not the kind of prison you think <gasps> it is right it's, it's so like it's really good prison
3: oh.
0: um, like when your average murderer goes to prison, um, when they're about to get let out they have to go to a parole board and kind of repent and be like, oh, you know what guys, Like, I I I probably shouldn't have killed that guy, right? But it's not the case for financial crimes. Like one of the guys, Vander Gould, um, who's one of the accountants for Asia City, which is one of these companies he was jailed for only three years because technically the only crime they could convict him of was contempt of court and this is him being interviewed by Four Corners from prison about his work.
4: My job is to actually help taxpayers get through the labyrinth of the Australian Tax Act in the most effective way. And if one of the most effective ways means they reduce their taxes, well, well, so so be it.
0: You go to prison, and you don't have to repent at all. You can just... And he's, he's going out very soon. He's going to be a free, free man.
1: I mean, it's hard to know what to say.
2: I'm actually just completely... Like, it. just every sense about how selfish and unreasonable and contemptible rich people are, has just been completely vindicated yet again by this latest massive leak of data. Nothing will be done about it. Nothing will change. They'll just keep having their private jets and their private yachts and whatever,
0: and I just want to know how to become
2: one of <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah,
3: clearly they figured it out. They figured life out.
0: What, what confuses me, though, is that you obviously have to be super rich to even afford these accountants. If you already have that much money, why, do you, why are you so intent on getting more? It's That's just- true.
2: If the point where you're rich enough to get this sort of tax advice, just pay your freaking tax <laughs> and build a hospital. I, I, yeah. I love that. You know that viral tweet that was like, no one needs to be a billionaire. At the point where you get $999 million, you should, they should just say, oh, you won capitalism and name a dog park after you. Yeah. yeah. I want that to happen and I want to bring my
0: dog to urinate on your statue. <laughs> Although we might need to change that. Like maybe they'll just get awarded a special you won capitalism pen. And that's it. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: that's Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.
0: Today's episode of The Chase Report is brought to you by Gina Reinhardt School of Climate Anxiety Meditation. Breathe in. Breathe out. Drill in.
5: Dig out. Drill in.
3: Dig out. So guys, before we go, do you know what time of year it is? It's freedom time. You know, no. cases are going, we're allowed to go outside. No, no, it's my annual daylight robbery. It's it's Rego time. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, and I had to, and I, I sort of looked at my car the other day, and I thought, oh, this year might be the year it doesn't pass, um, because every <laughs> year is the year that I think it won't pass, and then for yeah. some reason it always does. I, just, I just don't know what it is. It's like magic. It's like sisterhood of the traveling ninety nine Commodore, but. I finally did the adult thing. I hope you're all proud of me. I went and got new tires. Wow. I've never put new tires on my car. It's a secondhand car to begin with. It's from 99. It's almost as old as you,
2: if my math is correct.
3: But I'd only ever gotten a tire replaced once when I blew a tire. Right. And then they definitely told me about two years ago when that happened, you definitely need to replace the rest of your tires, and I did the classic 22 year old thing and went all right and i never saw them again and so i went and replaced them when i got my car back the tire guy was like do you know how old your tires are and i went oh uh, the last guy i think told me they were about eight years old i know that they're pretty they were getting pretty crap and he went no they they were the original tires you have been driving Ah. <laughs> oh. On the original ninety nine tyres, this whole time. Did they have any tread at all?
4: Like yes, you know?
3: that's the crazy thing. They actually, I, it was they weren't <laughs> bold enough for me to even justify confidently booking the tyre thing. I only did it because I have a little bit of extra money this year. So I was like, oh, I should probably do it. They're not that bad. I could probably go another year. No, I probably wouldn't have passed Rego. He said, I'm amazed that you've passed Rego for the last three or four years. I'm also
2: <laughs> astonished that after you blew a tyre um, and the, the guy said, oh, the other ones are on the verge of the same thing, you were like, oh, look, this is a several year project. So I, I have work myself accidentally up to this.
3: hit an echidna in my car. There are still echidna spores in the front right tyre. what yeah and i just figured that it was kind of like a puncture you know you don't take the puncture thing out it keeps the air in so i never took them out but they're definitely there
4: no but the question that i have is now that you've driven with the new tires Mm. are you finding that you don't slide around as much on the road i
3: thought sliding around a roundabout in rain was normal (laughs) (laughs) they were slowly deflating as well and i just filled them up with air once a month it's, oh, it's really bad. Hey. I Well, look, what do you want from me? If the car works, it works, all right? That engine's still got another 20 years in it. I'm oh, driving yeah. it until I'm 50. That's what's happening. But the one thing I will say is, yes, driving home from the tyre place today did feel like a thousand times safer. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is what this is supposed to feel like. Not imminent death at every corner. That was nice.
2: I think story is worth a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Go and give one. Or just yes. out of pity, really, for Gabby's uh, poor echidna uh, without <laughs> spines. Probably didn't last much longer.
3: I called him Jerry. <laughs> Please subscribe
2: or follow the podcast in your app of choice. I guess from Red Microphones, we're part of the ACAS Creator Network. Catch you tomorrow. See ya.
4: Bye.